Hi there. Just a quick message. Join us at daughterofcreation.com, which is where you can sign up with your email to join the community aspect of this podcast. This is where I'll send you a Soulful Sundays newsletter, which has insights, practices, and an extension of the podcast to keep you on track each week. I think this is really important to stay in the frequency of this work, to stay in the healing zone as you're introducing and learning a lot of new concepts. So it is my intention to bring the community together in this way. I hope you'll be part of it. Daughterofcreation.com. We would love to see you over there. Thank you. Welcome. Today I have Dr. Eric Hunter sitting with me, who is the pendulum master. And if you don't know about pendulum, pendulums are amazing energy reading tools that have been around for a very long time to show you they they can be used for healing they can be used for dowsing they can be used for in place of muscle testing they're really these phenomenal tools that i'm excited to share with everyone today because a i love eric eric and i are friends eric is a true wizard i think of him as a wizard and he brings um he's just brought to light so much about how to use pendulums, all the multifaceted layers of our energy field and systems that we can use that pendulums can be effective for. I remember Eric, when we were doing like social justice work with pendulums, when we lived here in Ojai together, um, it's just phenomenal what these, what is possible with pendulums. So um, I brought, I wanted to bring forth this discussion because he has a really awesome method of using the pendulums to do emotional healing work. And it's a perfect place to start for those beginners in the healing world. So thanks so much for being here, Eric. Thank you for having me. <laughs> awesome. Yes. Um, Eric and I met at a healing center here in Ojai when you lived here. And I don't know, our work just seems to always sort of blend well. I really always enjoy discussions with you. And I think it's going to be a real pleasure to all the listeners to be able to hear more about this work that you're bringing to the world. I, I see you as a leader in the field and our, in our whole globe. I know there's a couple really prominent pendulum healers. But I see you as a man of true integrity, depth, you know what you're doing and you do so much research. This like, that's why I call you a wizard because you know so much about so many spiritual and esoteric systems. It's really so fun when we get to, when we get to have these conversations. Oh, thanks. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So I just want to dive in before we go into the how you use pendulums for emotional healing for people who may not be super familiar with pendulums. Could you just give a basic, like what's happening with pendulums? What do you use them for? That's a great question. So in the past, like people would predominantly use pendulums to answer questions, like especially like yes and no questions. And that is referred to as dowsing by most people. So, you know, like you want to make a decision about something you're doing in life. You say, oh, do, is it, do I want to do it or not? And then you would douse it with your pendulum and see if you get a yes or no. But what I'm doing is something different. What I'm doing is I'm using the pendulum as an energy healing tool. And asking questions with the pendulum is a secondary activity. It's a minor activity. And instead, we're using the pendulum to help us magnify our consciousness so that we can shift reality to go in the direction we would like it to go for in ways that are for the highest good of all concerned. So it's essentially a form of magic 
which I define as the um, influencing of reality using means that are not understood by science. So that's kind of in a nutshell, like what I'm doing, using that pendulum as an energy healing tool slash manifestation tool slash magical practice tool, and only secondarily using it to answer questions. So what is happening so when the when the pendulum spins, maybe yes. you could talk just a little bit about that too. Oh yeah, no, it's super cool. So the spinning of the pendulum has really profound metaphysical properties, but it also has biological, like physical characteristics that are unique to it as well. So when you hold a pendulum and you what the way my system works is you hold the pendulum and then you say like a command, which is a statement of intention. Or you just hold the pendulum over a body part that's not feeling well. And the pendulum will start to spin in circles. And it will spin for a little while in a circle. And then eventually it will stop and go side to side. So what's happening is when it's spinning in a circle, it's, it's energy. Because the movement of the pendulum is a form of energy. And the pendulum is believed to be interacting with light from the environment. So it's believed to be sending light from the environment down to wherever you're directing it with the pendulum. So light effects is one thing. But the circular movement itself is really important because circles demarcate sacred space. So there's this concept by a famous philosopher called Marseille Iliade. And what he noticed was that in the past, every culture had places that were sacred, like a sacred mountain, a sacred rock, a sacred tree. And that sacred place would be separate from the rest of the world. And things could happen there that could not happen in other places. And that was picked up on by religion. So now you have like a church or a cathedral, um, which is a sacred space. And he believed that um, what happens here is in these sacred spaces, the normal rules of reality don't apply and you can manifest things and create things. And so when the pendulum is spinning in a circle, it's creating that sacred space where you can put your words or your intention or your energy and boom, it can start to alter reality. Another aspect of it is, is that I said the pendulum is spinning and there's a string tied on the pendulum. And so when it's spinning around, it creates what's known as a cone of power because the spin, the base of where it's spinning is a circle, but then it narrows as it gets closer to your hand. So it creates a cone shape. And mm -hmm. in a lot of magical practices, like in Wicca and stuff, they talk about the cone of power or raising the cone of power. So that's kind of what's happening there, spinning around. But also from a biological perspective, it's interesting because the pendulum spins at around two spins per second which is approximately two hertz. And okay. that, is, that is the same frequency as a delta wave of your brain when you're sleeping. Hmm. And human beings are very prone to tune into rhythms. And that's why we like music and we like want to tap our feet or whatever when we or dance, when we hear any kind of a rhythm or beat. And the body is naturally wired to pick up on rhythms. So when the pendulum is spinning around at around two hertz per second, your body can pick up on that and get into an extremely relaxed state, which can stimulate the release of growth hormone and other hormones, which can stimulate healing. So a lot of times if you're doing a pendulum healing on someone in person, 
they'll become very sleepy and tired and they'll fall into an extremely deep restful state and then they'll wake up like feeling completely refreshed so it's there's a lot going on both metaphysically and physically and physiologically with this stuff that's really interesting eric i didn't know so much about that that you just described about pendulums that's really interesting to me what i always think of and i don't know if this language resonates with you i think of it as a vortex a creation of a vortex which is similar yeah. to the points on the earth that you were mentioning like the sacred spaces are sometimes called vortexes as well right yeah no definitely and it's like a chakra too sort of like moving energy and the, the thing i want to emphasize just before i leave this topic is that the pendulum healing is at the interface of like consciousness human consciousness like what is known about human consciousness what like science is willing to accept and what is actually happening with consciousness so it's right at that interface that leading edge so well, I, like yeah well i was gonna say absolutely and i see you as the at the leading edge as oh, a scientist and a wizard <laughs> that you have blended your deep you know you have a doctorate in science and and you've really blended the awareness and you're you're bringing out this really cutting edge healing work which is just fascinating to me oh thanks yeah totally and you're applying it to emotions which is one of your beginner protocols because obviously that's a really great starting place for any healing work oh yeah totally i mean I, when i first started off i would see over and over again that people would have difficulty with the healing process because there were emotions that were not being addressed so like you're sending energy to someone or, or helping them with some kind of healing work, but then they have an emotional block to receiving healing from you. And it's due to a past lifetime or something that they're not even aware of. <laughs> or like there are emotions in their field that are stimulating them to not get better no matter how much energy or healing you're sending them. So emotions, it, pretty, it came apparent pretty quickly that emotions were extremely important in the healing process and that they had to be addressed. You have to address them at some point. Yes. Because they, they won't just go away by itself or they won't just heal themselves necessarily. Absolutely. So how do you work with emotions with a pendulum healing? It's great. So um, there is an assumption that the emotions have consciousness, meaning that like they take on a life of their own, especially if they're really powerful. So you have some emotional experience, you give it energy, and then it may not disappear. It may just be hanging out in your field. Mm -hmm. You know, either consciously or subconsciously, it's there. And it can stay with you for an entire lifetime or even multiple lifetimes. Or these emotions, you might pick them up like a sponge from the environment. So the way to work with them is to use the pendulum. Well, first of all, to recognize that they're there and then to use the pendulum to start stimulating the person to process those emotions that are no longer serving and then to use the pendulum to send a, like a signal that there's a replacement emotion which is more helpful in that situation and you know you're not doing the healing for the person you're just sending a signal that can stimulate them and the the goal is to get them to process the old emotion that's no longer serving them and to recognize a new emotion which can serve them and for them to take that emotion into their field so that it sort of a process of replacement occurs. Because 
of course, nature abhors a vacuum. So even if we release an emotion or move beyond it and don't actually introduce a new wave or a new pattern or a new form of light into our bodies and our consciousness, we don't change, we don't grow, right? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, it's possible that like, yes, they would eventually get a corrective emotion, but <laughs> possible that another default emotion might just come in or they may 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 get triggered to relive a pattern like something may re-trigger that pattern and so that's another part of this process is that you never go into really the the details of what led to those emotions necessarily so because that could re-trigger the the harmful emotion coming back or the you know the pathological form of the emotion from getting back into the field or energized again Hmm. So, so you yeah. you encourage people not to hold on to the story at all. Exactly. And and as the healer, not even to go into it. Mm-hmm. So the pro- yeah, the process uses the bare minimum amount of information re- that I feel is required to, you know, like I said, help the person identify and process that and release that emotion while setting a new one. Because I found that sometimes a story can hold people back. Like you get stuck on that story. It's like the mind, the mind is really wants to hold on to making sense of situation. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because like in the past, like I used to go into it, but then like I had this one case where I discovered some shocking information about a person using like a protocol that had more of the story in it. And the person was like, how in the world did you ever know like that that happened to me at that age? And the person was really noticeably upset. And that point I was like, wait, this is not good. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I don't want to re-traumatize this person. So, yeah. Yeah, well, this is the difference between the therapeutic model and energy healing, basically, is that right. what we're saying is we can move energy. And the story, I, we've had this discussion on this podcast already, actually, about how important the story is and if it's necessary. And you know, there is part of us that wants to process a story oh, about definitely. our life. Yeah. And we get to decide if you are, especially like in your case, if you're doing healing with another person, you get to decide ethically or consciously how much you want to step into that role as helping them work through that story part of it. Right. I mean, there's definitely a value to that. And I encourage people to go to therapists or to work with, you know, counselors or different ways, you know, to, to, to work with the story because that's important. But at the same time, a lot of healers are not trained psychotherapists or, you know, counselors, or they don't have training in this. So it would almost be inappropriate to go into the story or not helpful potentially, you know? And so it's like, I wanted to create a system of healing where anyone could just pick up a a pendulum and, and do some profound healing work without having a, uh, you know, a degree or, or a license in psychology or therapy or psychiatry and, and help people get results quickly. I love that. I love that mission that it, it does help get results quickly. And my, whenever I'm talking to people about doing any of this kind of emotional healing work, I say, start on yourself. And I love that about pendulums is that you can actually start immediately working with your own emotions. And then, you know, as, as time goes on and you maybe feel called to work with other people, that's definitely the next step. Oh yeah. And then I also teach with a pendulum how to use it to enhance the experience of other healing modalities. Mm. So like, let's say you are going to a therapist, right? So you do the emotional healing work on yourself and then you do some healing work 
on making the therapeutic session of maximal value to you. Like you raise the consciousness of your therapist. You send your therapist love. You harmonize your relationship with the therapist. You ask the divine to, to help you see what you need to see, learn what you need to learn, know what you need to know. So you can use the pendulum to pave the way and to smooth, like grease the wheels, so to speak, of other healing modalities that you may be involved with or experiences that you're going to have. Yeah, that's awesome. And you can do, there's so many uses of the pendulum, which we could get into, but let's go back to the basic. Oh yeah, sure, sure. Let's go back, back to the basic emotional healing protocol that you have everyone start with as soon as you learn to, so Eric has two free courses that he's, he's offering, which are amazing. One's a intro to pendulums and one's uh, an emotional, like basic emotional healing protocol because it's so foundational. So let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. So like the first step of that protocol is like finding out is the issue even one that needs emotional healing? So like, you know, someone may come with you an issue that seems to obviously be emotional, like, but you may check it and find out that it's not actually something that requires healing on the emotional level. Like it could be a physical problem that's triggering an emotional response. Or likewise, someone may come to you with a physical problem that actually has deeply rooted in emotion. So the first step is always to check, like, is the issue even one that will be helped by the protocol? Right. And one thing I noticed too is not all emotions are ready to be cleared, especially current emotions. Let's say your dad died yesterday. I'm not going to go in and try to exactly. Yeah, exactly. Feel the grief. That's part of the process of living. And when we're talking about clearing emotions, for the most part, we're talking about clearing old stuck emotions that you're ready to transcend. Yeah, exactly. Like the, you want to have like, like, I think the DSM like classifies grieving as a mental illness now. It's it's so ridiculous. After a certain phase or something. Right. It's so, it's so absurd. So, um, but like, yeah, so you don't want to, we're not trying to force our will on anything here. Mm -hmm. We're just, if it's appropriate, like you said, gently stimulates, like that's what you check in the beginning because maybe it's not the right time. Like maybe that person needs to grieve. Maybe they needed to feel angry or whatever. It's like, it's just not the right time for it. But assuming you get a yes on it, the next step is like, well, is that person even ready to receive this healing from me? Because Mm -hmm. maybe the person doesn't trust you yet. Like assuming, you know, you're coming to the healing fully with integrity and from a place of love and service, you know, it's like, there still may be a block. Like maybe that person had a bad experience with healers or with, you know, men or women or, or maybe in a past lifetime, something happened to them or their parents, something happened to their parents. Like who knows? You don't know what it is. So you have to check, are they even open? And if they're not, that's where the healing begins. Yes. Like, what and are the emotions? It's that issue of, of why they are not available to receive help. It, exactly. Right. If, if they're not available to receive, it's just like, you know, you're sending them a signal, but they're not going to get it necessarily. This is key for all of life, right? Yeah. Asks, like this is, I, I want to speak to this a little bit because as a person who has been in the, this field for a while, you have, there's always an inner tendency when you start, start this work, you picking up uh, stuff that you sense in other people and you want to share it with them. But a core teaching of all of this is never provide information to anyone who does not ask you. If they ask you, it opens a door of receptivity, right? Otherwise, 
I find it's almost always very poorly received. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Like, Unsolicited, like healing advice. Yeah, I know. It's like, yeah, I just want to help out. And they're like, thanks. You know? Yeah, exactly. I really but, did not want to hear that. <laughs> yeah. Like I was not ready for that or, or who knows what's going on in them, but it usually comes with an open door on their part to really asking and being open and receptive to the healing. Yeah, totally. So yeah, like uh, increase, like in my first book, I talk about that a lot, increasing the ability to receive how important that is mm-hmm. to, for when you're doing healing work. Because if, if you're not open to receiving, it's like you're, you stop before you even started, you know, it's like the door is closed. Um, and so yeah, that's, that's a big part of it. So let's say you get a yes, they are, they are ready to do it with you. So what I do is I, I, I identify what I feel to be sort of root emotions or sort of core emotions that other emotions are like evolved from or related to. So that helps to simplify things. So let's see, how many do I got here? I've got three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I have like 10 emotions that I recognize as kind of being like root or core emotions. Mm -hmm. And so like you identify them using the pendulum. So this is where you would use some dowsing. You would swing your pendulum over the chart and just kind of see which one comes up as being important to the issue. And then the next step is identifying like, when did they pick that up? Like what, what stage was it like from a generational thing passed down from a past life, from the early life or is it current? And then you just go through a process of releasing the emotion. Like you just use the pendulum, you hold the pendulum, you say, name of the person releases blank emotion now and for all times, you know, in, whenever it occurred. Mm-hmm. And then you let the pendulum spin, it sends the energy and the command. And then when it's done spinning, you just say, add in the new healing emotion. So on the chart, I have the, the pathological emotion and then I have the replacement emotion. So like anger would be calm mm-hmm. or alienation would be acceptance, mm-hmm. anxiety, ease, etc. So you know, shame, we go to self-love. So you then you command, you say, okay, now add in self-love or add in contentment or decisiveness or humility, whatever it is that's needed. And then you just check, well, is more heated, more healing needed or not? And if it, if it is, rinse and repeat. If it's not, move on to whatever else you want to do in that session with the person. Yeah. So I just tried to make it simple, streamlined, and effective. And it's error-proof too. Like, I mean, like, let's say you accidentally douse the wrong thing. Like you think they have disgust instead of fear. Well, I mean, most people have some disgust, you know, so sending a little bit of healing on that won't hurt anything, you know, it's like, it's, it's really foolproof. And then you just see at the end, oh, wait, I need to do more, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I I wanted to be clear too. one of the things I think people might be be having a trouble conceiving of is so the healing motion of the pendulum when it's in the healing mode is it's spinning spinning in a circle yes and then you're waiting till it balances by swinging um back and forth right right it'll either swing side to side or will stop moving or it'll swing forwards and backwards any movement that's not a circular movement means that it's done so it's completed. So when you're doing the healing work, this is the interesting part about pendulum. Sometimes it'll do like three seconds and sometimes it'll do like a minute of spinning to he- right. of, of sending that healing energy until it balances 
out. So that's, that's kind of the work that you're, the space that you're holding in the healing. And then the dowsing, what Eric's talking about with the dowsing is where you're actually, the, the pendulum is actually pointing. It starts spinning in a direction pointing to an emotion on the chart. Right. It's like a semicircle chart. Mm -hmm. So it just you swing the pendulum towards it and it will move over one of the words. And, and that's how you know exactly that you have anger to clear that day. Yeah, and totally. So I just wanted to be clear. There's those two modes um, that you're working with, but super simple. Yeah. You could also just use, if you're not comfortable with the dowsing, you could just use your intuition mm -hmm. and say like, wait, I think it's anger. Like I say, you're really strongly psychic or something. Um, you could just do that and then use the pendulum for the, the, the healing part. Yes. So thank you for that rundown. I think yeah, sure. Great starting point for emotional healing. You know, one, one of the questions that I'm always interested in, in is that, you know, do you, how do you see emotions? How do you see them interacting with our healing process? How do you see them in the world at large? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think we have a, there's a complex relationship we have with emotions. Mm -hmm. I think on the one hand, it's extremely valuable to feel your emotions and to express them and to get in connection with them. But on the other hand, they can be extremely misleading. Um, <laughs> they can cause us a lot of suffering, like at times unnecessarily. And sometimes they're really inaccurate. Like they can, they can just be totally giving us the wrong information. So it's kind of like a double-edged sword. Like I, I think partly like it's very important to feel emotions. It's very healing and it should be, you know, it's like, not should, but I mean, it's like, it's healthy to have emotions mm -hmm. and touch them. But at another level, you have to be wary because at times they can really be misleading and can fool you and, and can hang around and, and cause problems. Like, so it's, it's complex, the relationship. And I, and I see them as like a form of energy. Mm -hmm. So like, and like I said, I see them as being conscious and mm -hmm. they, meaning that they have like an awareness of self, like they can create sort of like a living thing, almost like a living form that kind of right. hangs out in the field potentially if they're strong enough. Right. And they can jump to other people and we can pick up on emotions through other people. Oh, definitely. Yeah, totally. That's another part of the emotional healing process as well is, is knowing when an emotion is someone else's emotion to, for you to release. And that's can be very deceiving when you're feeling someone else's emotion about something. Right. Like I'm extremely open to other people's emotions. So like I walk into a room, I can feel like everyone's emotions. I'm just like, ah, oh, the time. So I've had to work on that, you know, and now it's much better. But if yeah. you're not aware of that, it can be a problem. That's why but I got into this emotional work is because it has taken me almost a lifetime to master that relationship and really knowing because emotions bring us joy. So we don't want to stop. Right, exactly. Like they bring the best things in the world, the joy, the, ha the happiness, the laughter. Right, the and love. It, yes, those elated emotions just bring, yes, yeah, so much love to us, so much satisfaction out of life. And so it's like to access those high points, we do get to learn to work with the low points and to learn for me the biggest piece is, has been in discernment around what is a triggered or tra trauma driven emotion that may lead me astray. For instance, you know, um, I got bit by a dog. I've got bit by three dogs 
And every time I see a dog on a leash that I don't know, I, I jolt with fear. And then that mm. dog it, it starts barking and I haven't cleared. I've worked to clear for some reason. I have not cleared that fear. And so my fear response is obviously an error. You know, that dog is not afraid. And so I, I think that's just one example of how like old patterns can re-trigger and play out and play out and it, and it would leave me astray if I didn't know about it. But then there is genuine fear. When we genuinely have a gut feeling of fear to cross the street because something doesn't seem safe and we need to follow that. And I think that is the subtlety of working with emotions and understanding where they're coming from. Um, and that's why, you know, doing this, all this kind of work helps you tune into those different, uh, subtle layers. Oh yeah, totally. Totally. And then like emotions can be relevant at a certain time and then just hang out for too long. Like someone gets angry at someone for something, but then they're still holding on to it like 10 or 20 years later you know, <laughs> or to their deathbed. You know what I mean? It's like, then it becomes, it's not healthy anymore because it's no longer like giving you relevant information. It's just like some old pattern you've got into. Mm-hmm. So what do you think of the, what do you think emotions have to do with the spiritual life? That's a good question. I think they have a lot to do because like when you're in a higher state of consciousness, like when you have a mystical state of awareness, it's often a very emotional experience. It's usually not intellectual. Mm-hmm. So at some, at some level, that's like, it's getting you closer to like my view of the Godhead or highest, highest levels of consciousness, like Sensu Dawkins, you know, but um, yeah. So like, I think that's, I guess that's the, my answer for that one there. Um, yeah. Can you, what was the question again? I kind of got so into that thought. I, <laughs> I was just asking, this is a central question of my life, how emotions play into the spiritual life. You're, you're oh, yeah, yeah. journey of your soul, basically. Yeah. So I think that like the highest levels of consciousness are usually emotional experiences. They're not going to be intellectual experiences. Not that those are not good, but um, yeah. So, and you know, that's, so it's a gigantic part of spiritual like existence and spirituality at some level. It's like almost like the crux of it almost. Well, I see emotions as so connected through the heart center. Mm, Yeah. is where we really pull in our power and our connection to source. It's the power center and emotions deeply connected with the heart. Right. And it seems, it does seem to go hand in hand. And yet at the soul level, we transcend emotion. We are more than our experience and and, and it's transcendent of those. Right. Although it is interesting that, um, in uh there's a scientist medical doctor who studies past lives his name is tucker Mm -hmm. um anyway so he has these medically documented cases of past lives that are not based on regression they're like spontaneously reported by young children Mm -hmm. and you know their parents are often upset about this happening so they seem like there's a lot of evidence that these are genuine cases of past life memory Mm -hmm. and the shocking thing is that almost always it's trauma that's remembered from the end of the previous life. Yes. So what that shows is that emotions can pass on <laughs> on the soul level somehow. Mm-hmm. So something about the, the soul energy or the life, you know, 
force energy of a person, the emotion can make an imprint on people, at least some people, um, when they take on a new body, when they reincarnate. So yeah, it's interesting. So those emotions are extremely like, they're connected to us somehow on a soul level too. That's a really, that's a really great point you make right there because it's almost as if we come in wanting to resolve, still wanting to resolve a past emotion. And yes, exactly. Our, our journey is resolving that or maybe replaying it over and over and over until finally we shift. Right, exactly. And yeah, I often see that with healing and, and things like court, like legal battles and things like that, there usually is an emotion, unresolved emotional component from a past life that's karmic. And until you are ready to learn that lesson and, and heal that, which essentially means coming to a place of love and acceptance around it and sending healing to the people who are triggering you or the emotions that are triggering you, it's not going to resolve necessarily. It's going to keep showing up in different forms. That's a really great point. And that's why we play out these, what you could call karmic patterns or these, these things over and over again. And the court system is, a, is, is definitely a place where those play out. Yeah, and relationship issues too. Like, you know, <laughs> there's another area where it seems like it's a lot, you know, because like you get into a close relationship with someone, it's like, that's your biggest trigger because it's, it's, it's your emotional life you know, like magnified. <laughs> oh man. I feel like we could go on and on here, Eric. Like yeah, totally. we may, I mean, maybe we even want to do a follow-up at some point where we get into the stories. Cause I know you have some great stories of how this work has oh, yeah. shifted and healed people um, really profoundly. It's that's some of the juicy parts as well. Uh, so maybe we'll we'll get a chance to to reclaim to to talk about some of those stories again, but um, I want to kind of wrap it up and let listeners know a little bit more about how they can start doing the work with you. Um, you have some free courses to get people started, right? Oh yeah, definitely. So my website is really easy. It's pendulumhealing.com one word. And so on there, I have a section called courses. And I have two free courses. One course teaches you like in a very simple way how to start doing pendulum healing. And if you're curious about it at all, I highly recommend you check it out because you can get results within minutes. Um, like you can study the course in about 10 minutes, 50 minutes. It's a mini course and it has a handout and it shows you exactly what you need to do. And boom, you can try it immediately and see it like get results. Like you then I have the emotional healing so and I that's another free one you can just you go in there it's a mini course it's it's quick you can download the handout and just start doing it immediately because I really am a firm believer of like if you're not seeing results then why do it so like just immediately I want people to get results start doing it make it easy and it's kind of like my gift to the world so like I'm I'm giving back I'm kind of paying it forward you know giving some of the most valuable stuff I have for free just let people try it Super generous. And I've done both of those courses and they're awesome. I've done several of your courses. All of your stuff is so well researched, super simple to practice. And there's a lot of places you can go with the pendulum. So it's, 
it's really fun and you're coming out with new books and and new layers of healing like every week i can't even keep up with you oh yeah and new pendulums too i have all those custom pendulums i designed yes eric has the most beautiful pendulums i have your macaba pendulum that i oh, awesome. use and love it's rose gold where is it it's usually right by my desk um because i'll I'll tune into things here and there with the pendulum. Super helpful tool for your toolkit. And uh, Eric, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. I love, I, I love talking to you. I love your perspective on the world. And you are a man in deep mission and service to the world. So thank you for bringing all of this to the planet right now. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it was, it was fun. Hello, this is Ayla. Thanks for tuning in. So I have my own healing process that I've developed over the seven years I was working as an emotional healing professional. And then personally, I use Shell to this day. And I work with clients all the time to move through their own blocks to their creation process. But this process is something that's actually very valuable and effective on its own. So in this Emotional Planet series, I've actually offered you lots of resources because different modalities resonate with each of us differently and at different times. But I really did want to share you my own with you my own process in the form of a course. So the online course is on my website. And in addition to the course, you get a free um, mentorship session with me to just go over the process and make sure that it's landing for you. So there's some one-on-one -on -one support and the course itself to teach you the technique. And this technique you can use over and over and over again every time something comes up. It really is the basic tool I use all the time. You can find it on my website, www.daughterofcreation.com backslash healing.